Welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm releasing this bonus episode to provide some very valuable information about COVID-19, in particular about the Omicron variant, which is quickly becoming the predominant variant that we're seeing across the United States and many parts of the world. Uh, for those of you who keep up with the sports world, you probably have seen over the last week or so, there's been several cancellations and a lot of people testing positive uh, for COVID-19. The NBA released a statement earlier today saying that over 90% of their new COVID cases are the Omicron variant. So I would like to thank Dr. Johnson for providing this very uh, helpful information. A year ago, heading into the holiday season, we were in the midst of another surge. But this year, we have artillery to combat this uh, deadly virus. And thankfully, whether you like it or not, we know that social distancing works, masks work, and we also have many other tools to help fight this virus, including vaccines, um, antibodies, and now many people are eligible to get boosters. So what we're going to speak about today specifically is the Omicron variant, as well as vaccinations in children, uh, which is something that's also important to help protect um, our children, as well as protecting the whole family. So I ask that you please share this information with another family member, friend, or anyone uh, that you know, because we all need to be aware of this Omicron variant that has started out and it's very contagious. Uh, we're prayerful that it will not be uh, cause as many hospitalizations or deaths as the Delta variant, um, but it is very contagious and you have to protect yourself and your family. So without further ado, we'll get into this episode. So tell, tell us about, you know, COVID has been mysterious, so to speak, in general, but definitely COVID in kids is an area that, you know, most people, even a lot of physicians can't really speak on. So mm -hmm. kind of tell us about your experience of what you've seen treating uh, COVID patients that are, pedi you know, in the pediatric realm. Well, you know, keep in mind, um, one of the things that I can say just right now is that we are fortunate uh, that COVID has not done uh, as much as it could have done with kids. Um, so it is kind of statistically known that you're not going to get uh, too many young children that sick with it. Mm -hmm. But we have to respect that there are children that do get sick with it. Right. And one of those things that you may have heard of the term MIS-C or MIS-C, which is the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, which also happens in adults, that can actually lead to them being very ill. And there have been deaths according to COVID, or I'm sorry, related to COVID-19 uh, infection. So um, it's not to be downplayed. And so I've seen kids that have dealt with long-term or long hauler complication. I need to be careful of the term, but long haul yeah. symptoms. Um, and so um, it can be pretty devastating, you know, especially when all of this information is out there. And so, yes, the odds of your, chick getting, your kid getting very sick from it is low, but it's still present. Um, but with the development of these vaccines, um, this is part of the reason why I do the best I can to kind of push families to kind of say, okay, hey, um, do you really want to be taking a chance with having your child to possibly get something that could have been a um, lesson um, to the degree of not having any serious complications and definitely not having any long hauler symptoms. And so I'm happy that the vaccine became available. And so right now seeing kids, I've had a few patients that have been in ICU, um, still dealing with certain heart conditions. Uh, um, there are kids that are dealing with um, anxiety, depression following COVID. Um, so what's interesting is that COVID-19 kind of hits people in different different kind of ways. And so even those that don't get hospitalized, you do have an increased possibility of having long haul of symptoms that 
A, we're still learning about how long it will last. Yeah, and that's the scary part about COVID in general is that there's still so many unknowns. Um, mm -hmm. I still know people who do not have full sense of uh, smell or taste going on a year after their diagnosis or a year after their illness. So, you know, we'll be reading about, or our kids will probably be reading about this in textbooks, you know, but we're learning on the fly, to be honest. And so most of the things that we're learning, you know, it's hard to be able to say something that's concrete when you're learning it on the fly, you know, and that, and, go ahead. No, I was to say, and that's one thing, not to really cut you off, but yeah. it was more of a, what I've learned about is that, you know, it's so much to be learned uh, with COVID-19, but on the other hand, it's interesting how we categorize certain symptoms and, and, and be able to kind of comfortably say, hey, you had COVID, you know, because mm -hmm. you lost your sense of taste of smell. Yeah. But um, being a primary care doctor for families here, you know, I know of individuals that are perfectly fine, but they didn't really start having real bad anxiety until after they got COVID. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just about the situations that we're dealing with and what was shut down and all this other stuff. But it was literally you saw them have COVID and then they start having panic attacks immediately after that. So it's those other symptoms, chronic headaches. Uh, chronic pain issues, you know, uh, arthritic conditions coming from that, that are kind of still being learned, but they're not really on top of your head as, oh, that's a COVID-19 long hauler complication, you know? And so that's what's a, a burden right now in terms of trying to navigate that field of helping out with individuals, their jobs, um, how do families take care of their kids who have these symptoms, how long they should be out of school with this, uh, how long this adult should be out for their job because of this. And so it's it's a it's a it's it's incredible how much information that we've learned so far, but yet how much we don't know about it. Yeah. So the quarantine, like you're saying, how do, when do you return to life? Right. So we know yeah. that there's a quarantine period, but that quarantine period is strictly the amount of time that you are infectious really to others. So yeah. you're quarantined to not spread it alone to others. You're not quarantined to say in 10 days, 14 days, whatever you go by, you're going to be normal and you're going to be ready right. to go back and do whatever you were doing before. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where the question mark comes in. Yeah. And actually that's a real major one because as a, a family doctor, basically, um, it's navigating that field and it's tricky. Um, and it's also trying to figure out how to be that life coach to motivate them that, hey, it will get better. And to look week by week um, and see what symptoms are lifted up and then trying to figure out different ways of the art of medicine and using certain tactics to try to see if that will help out. And that will uh, probably uh, take away that symptom, too. So it's a lot being learned. And, uh, you know, uh, it's keeping me very busy. I put it that way. Yeah. Can you give us some information for the listeners about the Omicron variant and what it is and, you know, how does that differ from, you know, some of the other variants that we've seen? Well, you know, one of the things I can say is that um, if you really understand coronavirus, uh, you will see that these variants are really nothing new. Um, coronavirus is kind of known as the common cold mm -hmm. uh, and it's a year round virus. Um, and how I explain it to my patients is simply this. Uh, it's a virus that wants to always be a part of the party, but never be in charge of the party. So it wants to enjoy the party, be there, enjoy the music, enjoy the sights, but it really doesn't want to be the, the main focal point. Um, so when COVID-19 hit, you know, um, it actually started killing people. Um, and so the way I describe the virus at this point is that now it's trying to reel back and say, I don't want to be the center of attention. So it's constantly changing. 
so that they can get out of that form of killing um, its actual host or its victims. And so really what we're seeing here is that if you always kind of pay attention to it, everything that we speak about these variants, they're going to always kind of point out highly contagious because that's coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wants to spread. So it's going to be that. The question is going to be how um, deadly will it be? You know, um, will it cause death? Will it cause significant complications? And so for me, I feel like it's working hard to try to get out of that, that scenario. What is different now, though, is that if you look back at SARS-CoV-1 that happened 20 years ago, um, if you look at timeline, it stayed around for about two and a half years. The Middle Eastern virus kind of did the same thing, Um, but they were able to kind of stay within a geographical region of spread. Now that we fast forward 20 years now, um, we're running into that opportunity where we can mix and match the different variations. So on this particular continent, when they move to a Delta variant, Um, or as we can say, the Omicron variant, that may have been a little bit awfully different from what we're seeing over here in the States, Mm -hmm. how that we can actually kind of cross over. Then we're seeing different variations of, of a said variant. And so the question is going to be, how does that really play out? And will that kind of extend that two and a half year mark? My hope is, is that what we are looking at is that, yes, it's going to always be more, uh, infectious because that's, oh, I'm sorry. Contagious. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be that. That is mm-hmm. coronavirus in its nature. Um, but I'm hopeful, and especially now that we have a good number, and when I say good, a, a, a decent number of individuals vaccinated, but on top of that, individuals that have gotten the disease, hopefully we can reach that herd immunity to where now it's able to kind of move through the environment not as significantly as it's done in the past. So yeah. Omicron. It's just another variant, but I look at it as it's the nature of the virus. It's just really trying to replicate itself out from actually killing its host. Um, And so hopefully we'll get more and more information that, yes, um, it's spread fast, but hopefully we won't see as much hospitalization in light of vaccinations, prior infections with the other COVID-19 variants um, as such. So, yeah, one thing that is impressive to me is how this um, the virus is hitting different regions at different times. Like right now in the state of Mississippi, my hospital, very low volume, where over the summer we were one of the hottest places in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're very cool. But at the same time, I was reading last week in Maine and a couple other places, they're seeing the highest hospitalizations ever, you know? So, well, if you actually kind of look at it in a different lens, though, mm-hmm. um, it kind of makes sense for your area to a certain degree. Yeah hit really hard. But you remember I talked about that herd immunity, right? Vaccinations, people who've had it before. So now it's touching base. There is going to be some limitation that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's multiple variations and, and factors that plays a part into that. You know, I kind of look at it from different perspectives, you know, maybe hitting being hit that hard uh, that automatically change uh, the ideas behind how you choose to travel. You know, because we were hit just as hard as well or not as hard as you guys, but we Mm -hmm. were hit. And so everything is that learning curve. And so um, everybody is adjusting to what needs to be done. So when you hear the information and you hear it again, you react in a way in which you say, "Okay, hey, I'm going to do X, Y and Z now or I'm going to choose not to go here and go there. And so 
I, I really do hope that, I mean, you know, Omicron has been here as soon as they talked about it being in the other uh, sure. countries. Right. Um, everything is really about when is it going to show up in this area, in which I always felt just like when we heard about COVID-19 when it first showed up or we heard about it um, in 2019 uh, crossing over. We knew it was already here because mm-hmm. um, we started questioning whether or not some of these viruses that other people had and these illnesses that wasn't flu and wasn't other stuff that we were aware of. Could that have been it? So um, I'm 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 really looking forward to us to get back to life. Right. Uh, I said back to life, but back to normal. Let me say right. that. I hear you. Um, but, you know, this has definitely changed a lot of us. Um, for me, um, it's really made it difficult to try to navigate how I manage and take care of individuals who are now arming themselves with information, whether it's right or wrong, and figuring out how to navigate and get them to the right answers for them to get the best health care that they need. If I can, if I said that in the right way. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one thing I want to do, I want to speak to you. I'm a parent, right? So mm-hmm. just we're sitting in your office, you know, I come in, my kid has had COVID. They did well. Uh, why should they get the vaccine? Well, you know, uh, the biggest thing that I kind of push out there first, whenever I talk to a family, I start off by letting them know and making them aware that I'm a father as well. Mm-hmm. And I automatically state that I would never recommend any vaccination I have not given to my own kids. Um, And so I truly live by that statement because I always let families know if there's any hesitation, I'm going to be the first one to tell you about it. But why should your child get COVID-19 vaccine? Well, since you started off by saying your kid, quote unquote, had it hypothetically, Mm. I say this. Well, that was a blessing that they did not get it as bad. But as we now know, you can get COVID again. And so the objective is, is that we're trying to actually protect your child and protect you, because when everything is said and done, the biggest thing is understanding that, hey, um, it is a chance that you could very well get very ill and die from it or have long term complications from it. And so the biggest thing is that we have these vaccines that are available that are safe, that can definitely prevent death and definitely prevent long hauler symptoms. And so this is the biggest thing to say, hey. Yes, please get the vaccine. Yes, please get it. The other avenue is is actually we do know that kids um, are part of how diseases spread. Mm -hmm. So yes, they may not get as sick, um, but that's the problem in itself. Uh, Most adults that are run across when they get COVID or they get the symptoms of it, the first thing usually out of their mouth is, oh, I just thought I had a bad sinus infection. Mm -hmm. And so imagine a kid who got COVID that may have little small symptoms of a cold and you think nothing of it, and they're visiting and going by different places, now all of a sudden, that population that is more vulnerable, um, and we got to be careful on just naming a population because it can be anybody, Right. Uh, individual can actually get that um, illness. And so uh, I would push you to really consider it um, and understand that not only are you protecting the child, but you're also protecting others around. So what is my child eligible for? Which vaccine can they get? It's mainly Pfizer at this particular point. Um, You know, Pfizer kind of led the charge. And so when they kind of pushed out their studies and started actually looking at the other subset of groups to kind of make sure uh, efficacy and safety was being pushed out, Pfizer was leading the charge. And so right now, Pfizer is making it available for 5 to 11, as well as 12 and up. Um, What I do share with parents is simply the vaccine was safe as soon as they gave it to us. 
The only reason that there was some uh, a leeway and time on the safety nets for kids is that we understand that a kid does not always require an adult dose mm -hmm. to get the same uh, effects, uh, the um, the help that it needs from the vaccine. So just like the flu shot, everybody can get the same flu shot, but as adults, we get an adult dose. And as a child, they get their age respected or weight respected dose. And so that is the only layup or the holdback that came up. Once they cleared it for us, I remind parents, if it was safe for you, it is safe for your child. They're receiving the same thing. And so with Pfizer, that's the main one that's being pushed out right now. Moderna is still looking to kind of get approval uh, especially in that five to 11 age range um, and also uh, Johnson and Johnson, but they're going to have that lag time just because of things that happen as it relates to distribution and uh, makeup of the drug or the vaccine itself. Gotcha. Now, what about my child? I have a child that's a certain age. Does it matter their weight or is it just based off their age? It's based off the age now because they've already kind of uh, did the studies to kind of do a nice subset to say, Hey, this is a particular dose for this particular age group. And so that's why you saw a quick uh, drop as it relates to 16 and up can get the Pfizer. Mm -hmm. Then they dropped it down to 12 and up because they started recognizing that, okay, hey, if you're basically over 40 kilos, you should be able to kind of handle adult dose. So then they start looking as it relates to time and efficacy as it relates to the dose that's needed. So that five at the youngest and at the oldest, they picked a dose that still got guided them to get that same immunity that we get uh, when we got the Pfizer vaccine. And so everything is really about the lowest effective dose to achieve that immunity that you want. And so that is something that the public needs to be aware. Uh, at no point, no one is trying to cause any harm for anyone. So everything is really about the lowest effective dose. And that's even how we treat as it relates to if I give an antibiotic or I give a dose of Tylenol ibuprofen. Everything is about that effective dose. And that's where more is weight based. But in this category is more the five to 11 age range. All right. And also what symptoms or maybe I won't, don't want to call it side effects, but what symptoms might my child see after they get the vaccine? Uh, I keep it simply put. Um, think about yourself. What were the symptoms that you had? Right. Uh, most likely they're going to carry maybe those same similar ones. You know, arm pain. That's the most common um, body aches and chills. Uh, being a little bit more tired, having maybe a little slightly elevated temp, but not truly a true fever. Uh, these are all things that just showing that your body is responding to that um, or your immune system is responding. And so um, I always kind of related back to the parents, especially if they got the vaccine, uh, because there's some of us got the vaccine. We had no symptoms. There's some of us that we got it and we were the ones with the sore arm or we're, we were kind of out of it for like a day or two. And when I say out of it, just tired. Uh, headache and other stuff like that. And so most of us are going to pass on similarities in terms of traits in our response to our children. So I usually kind of speak to both parents and say they're going to most likely have either a similar symptom as you. But most kids, because their immune system and how it's uh, developing, uh, a lot of times they usually don't get much symptoms. Got you. But man, I appreciate it. This is excellent information for the listeners, for myself in general. Uh, but I really appreciate it because what we have to do is try to spread correct information to demystify Absolutely. the vaccine, demystify COVID so we can protect ourselves, protect our families, and hopefully move on soon uh, back to something more towards normal, right? So I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, we'll take this information and apply it and also share it with someone, share it with a loved one. If this podcast is bringing you value, I ask that you would please uh, share the information 
as well as leave a five-star review so this podcast can be more visible for other people to hear it. So protect yourselves, you know, enjoy family during this holiday season and be safe. Peace.